The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. What's up, boys? Notebook Wager in here. We've got an action-packed show. I just want to get right into it. I'm excited. It's football season. We are previewing the Southeastern Conference uh, East today, and we actually have a very special guest um, from an SEC school. Um, Smitty, you want to kind of go into that? Yeah, I'm very excited for this because, you know, this is a PA, this is a PA great. This is a South Carolina legend. And this might be the most famous hair in the 90s. <laughs> we welcome Mr. Steve Tannehill. Hi, Steve. What's up, bud? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing fine. Doing fine. Appreciate y'all having me. Steve, so I want to jump in because like we were just saying, I'm from central Pennsylvania and I'm a little bit younger than you. But man, growing up where I grew up, we knew who you were. And, you know, growing up in the great, you know, in Altoona, your dad was the famous coach. Your sister was a very talented basketball player, became a college coach, I believe, at George Mason. Yeah. Girls program. And just the legends that have come out of Altoona, Doug West, Mike Isolino. And then, you know, you had your great basketball career, but you played with Danny Fortson, too, that made in the NBA and was a star. Can you just tell us? How did that help you prepare as an athlete? Well, I tell you, when I, you know, since I was about in the sixth or seventh grade, I mean, there was five or six courts that you could go to on a Saturday morning, and each one had a different time. And you could go on a court and get there on a Saturday, and there'd be five NBA guys out there playing because you also had Johnny Moore, um, who was from Altoona, and and then his brother Billy Moore. Would have probably been in the NBA, but he couldn't get into college. But he he was one of the best. And then Dougie and Izzy would come around. I mean, it it was unbelievable, you know, to grow up and try to get on a court, you know. And as you get older, about eighth grade, I could probably get in most of them games, you know. Um, but um, you know that that's just how we grew up. Football was wasn't as big in Altoona when I was growing up as basketball. I think it had a lot to do with the Doug West era. And then my dad's girls teams got so big for women's basketball. Um, you know, we used to have that, that ESPN show at our basketball tournament every year, you know, when they start out that um, Scholastic Sports America with Chris Fowler. And I met Chris, you know, 25, 20 years before, 15 years before I played college football, you know, and, and, uh, but you grew up around that and, it, it gets in you to compete and play against older guys. And, uh, you know, for me, I started out in, in playing in basketball, but, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with football there probably about a seventh or eighth grade. And I still play both, don't get me wrong, but um, I, I kind of knew, you know, I got my first basketball offer like in the 10th grade, but in the, going into my junior year, I had 80 some football offers and eight basketball. So at that point, I, I think the writing's on the wall, you know, uh, Someone thinks I'm a little bit better in football than I am basketball, but um, 
you know, growing up around those guys in the 80s, man, it, it definitely made you a better athlete um, because if you went and played on a Saturday morning somewhere, you had to compete or you'd had to leave that court and go to another one. I was telling Q this morning. So I watched your speech when you got inducted to the Blair County Hall of Fame. And you told, I mean, I told him to look it up because you were, I, I thought you were just funny as anything. But the story <laughs> you told about when you were 11 years old and Doug West pulled up in the car and Rolly Massimino got out. Can you just go, can you just kind of tell the boys like really quick that story? Because I think that's just a fantastic story. So Dougie, my dad was, you know, the guidance counselor and attendance director at Altoona. And Dougie hadn't been in school like 30 days. And he had committed, you know, sign with Villanova. And um, my dad would see Dougie coming over the bridge every day to go to school. And Dougie would never come to school. And so uh, my uncle was the, the head boys basketball coach. And so Raleigh Massimino got in touch with my dad and my uncle. So I'm just shooting basketball outside my house. And these two like cars come up the driveway and Dougie gets out, which I knew Dougie, you know, I, I knew Dougie. I was around the, the basketball player. I mean, I knew Dougie. Now I was young, but I still knew Doug West. And then, you know, this kind of short round guy gets out the other side and I'm like, man, that, that, that's, that's Raleigh Massimino. And so they come over there and talk to me. And like I said, and coach Massimino said something about, Hey, I heard you're pretty good at basketball. Maybe I'll come here and recruit you one day. Well, they go in the house. Well, I just go like I'm going in the house. I'm going to see what's going on. My dad said, you need to stay outside. And so, you know, whatever happened in that meeting, the next day, Dougie was at school and, and, and he, he, he got into Villanova, you know, and had a great career there and played for the Timberwolves all those years. But, um, you know, as an 11, 12-year-old sitting in, you know, just out there shooting baskets one day and here comes – you know, in my time, the greatest basketball player I've ever seen play live in Dougie West. And, and then the coach that I've seen on TV all the time, and they're at my house. Um, <laughs> it makes an impact on you for sure. You know, it, it, it's, um, it's a good memory for sure. I, and I, I wish I could remember everything about that speech, but I've been inducted in two Hall of Fames and I've never wrote down anything. Every speech I give is just off the cuff. Um, and, uh, you know, that night, Chris Fowler was the one that presented me. So I knew Chris and um, that, that was a great night and, and proud to be in that one for sure. But I, mean, I just I just speak from the heart, man. And, and my mom said it was a great speech. So I'm good. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed it here. I got one more thing. I don't want to steal the show, but being from Phillipsburg, I kind of said with some of the high school stuff, I was going to kind of lead into it. But I did have a chance to watch you play and it was in the state championship game. I think it was your 11th grade year. Um, and Danny Fortson was a freshman that year and you guys played Glenn Mills down in Hershey arena and just a great game. And, a, you know, just, I mean, Doug or Danny or Danny Fortson was, I mean, just a monster as a freshman, which is mind blowing. And, but again, I was trying to tell Q some stuff about it. And I just remember you again, and we'll get into, you know, the longer hair and everything, but you were like launching up Seth Curry threes and warmups and you just had that swagger. But again, just, it was a fantastic game. And it, you know, you were such a talent. Like you said, you had a lot of offers in, um, in basketball. Well, that, that game was, you know, we had beat Erie prep, um, 
two games before that in like triple overtime. Um, and I think we had 74 points and me, Danny and Brian Remy was the center. Um, had like 69 of the 74 in that triple overtime game. And uh, then the next week we, we played um, Butler at Pitt Fieldhouse. And this is, I knew Danny was pretty special, but we win that way in the first half, Remo got in foul trouble. I had two points at the half. We were losing by six, like 30 to 26. And Danny had 24. I mean, he's a, he's a ninth grader. I mean, this is the Western final at Pitt Fieldhouse, and he's just unfazed. We come back and win, and in the locker room, the Miller boy that played point guard at Pitt, he's in the locker room with, like, three Pitt players in our locker room. And I'm like, man, that, that's, that, that boy plays at Pitt. And they were already in there recruiting Danny, you know, at, because we were in Pitt Fieldhouse, and he, he was in the ninth grade. Um, to me, Danny Fortson would have been the best player to ever come out of Altoona. You know, he, he only stayed through his 10th grade year. And then when I went on to school, he moved to Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, he averaged 30 points and 20 rebounds as a 10th grader. And, and, and Altoona is the fifth biggest high school. We played big-time players, big-time schools. He averaged 30 points and 20, 20 rebounds as a 10th grader in high school. I mean, um, and I really only played basketball my senior year. I had already signed and, and committed, and I, I knew – but I really only played that year just to play with Danny um, because I knew how good he was. And he was a good friend of mine. He grew up kind of near me. Um, and when, we, when I was in the ninth grade, you know how it is in, in, in Pennsylvania, in seven, eight, nine is junior high. You know, you don't go to 10th grade. And that's a whole different school. Um, we had to pick when I was, when Danny was in seventh grade, our ninth grade team went undefeated, but we moved him up in ninth grade when I was in ninth grade. He played a lot of games with us. I knew how good he was. And then he had to get picked up at Keith Junior High and brought over there. It's like the first player ever to, to play ninth grade and played at the high school. And, you know, he wasn't in the hallways. So you never saw him during the day. And then all of a sudden he'd be at practice. So um, he, he was unbelievable. And, and, again, probably in high school as a team sport, we were – I mean, Altoona was a lot better in basketball than we were in, in football. But I, I kind of knew – um, I announced after that, that the state championship game, I wasn't going to play my senior year. I was done with basketball and, uh, it, it took the town by storm. I didn't play any summer league games. I really didn't do anything with basketball except play pickup games. Um, cause I wanted to concentrate on football and I really didn't think I was going to play, but I'm glad I did. Cause I, again, I enjoy, I tell a lot of people, man, I played with Danny Fortson. and they're like, that dude was a big mean guy in the NBA. I said, he was a mean guy in the ninth grade, I promise you. And, and last thing, it, it still stands. You're still the number one scorer at Altoona, correct? I, I hold the, I'm the all-time leading scorer and all-time leading passer in, in Altoona. And I never led the team in scoring 10th, 11th, or 12th grade. I was never the leading scorer, but I'm still the all-time scorer. So um, I still hold it. I like to tell people that because we've had – you know, Dougie, Izzy, and Danny all played in the NBA, and I'm still above them in points. I like to tell people that all the time. You you got to keep that as a bragging shit. <laughs> so, Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm probably gonna age yourself here, so so bear with me. So I just had to look up the uh, the 1991 South Carolina football coach. So I know you came in '92. I wasn't even born until '93. So that tells you. <laughs> uh, 
but I, I do, I, I know who you are, but I didn't know the coach. So uh, Sparky Woods was the coach, correct? Yeah, that was my coach, two years. Okay. Um, so what, what kind of ultimately led you to, uh, to South Carolina being, you know, a PA boy when you have schools, you know, close to you like Pitt, West Virginia, when they were good, um, you know, Penn State, you know, you got all these, these Northern schools that are in your yards and you end up in the Southeast Conference. Well, I think, it, you know, I would have probably gone to Pitt, um, but they had just got two top 25 quarterbacks my junior year. And so that kind of changed Pitt for me as, you know, they just got two guys that were top 25 quarterbacks in the country. You know, that's a, I don't know, I might never play. Um, and Penn State had six, seven quarterbacks on scholarship. The Saka brothers, you know, Kerry Collins, they, they didn't need me. Um, I never really got interested in West Virginia. Um, but to be honest, you know, Carolina sent me the nicest car. And so that made me go to South Carolina. Um, nah, <laughs> I tell people that too. Oh, right. it these days. Um, but I did get a nice car, but I, supposedly my dad paid for it. Um, <laughs> really, really and truly, I thought I could play the fastest at South Carolina. You know, it really came down to between Alabama and South Carolina. Um, and Alabama had Jay Barker, and he had started as a freshman. Um, now, Gene Stallings sat in my living room in Altoona and told me that if I came to Alabama, we would win a national championship, and I'd beat out Jay Barker. But it, it was 19 hours away. South Carolina was 10. And I wasn't sure, you know, it, Jay Barker being a freshman, if he beats me out, he's probably going to start the whole way through, and I'm just going to sit the bench. So, um, the playing time, and then Rich Basaccio recruited me, um, and we talked every night through my junior and senior year at 10.30 on Wednesdays. Um, and we just, you know, I never met him face-to-face, -face, but we talked so much, and, you know, we just – he was just my guy. You know, and now he's the assistant head coach for the, for the Ra at Las Vegas Raiders and coached at Dallas and Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl, and we still stay in touch. but. Um, you know, he's kind of playing time. And then Coach Passage is, is really why I went to South Carolina. Um, and, you know, I, I, would, I would have a national championship ring if I went to Alabama, but I might not have played. Um, so I don't regret where I went. And I, I did want to kind of get away from, you know, the Penn States and the Pitts and, you know, kind of do my own thing. And, and uh, again, I, I was a little different now. I didn't really <laughs> be following a lot of the rules. So, um, <laughs> I, I wanted to be myself and, and, and go away. I like it. Um, all right. So your freshman year, you end up getting a starting job. You end up 92-95. Uh, I mean, you put up incredible numbers. You're still the leading. Uh, I want to say you're second in passing to um, his name, Sam Ellis. Oh, forgive Ellis. me. Scott Ellis. On Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> you're only like 100 yards shy of him. He was like 88 something and you had 87. So that's, you know, a huge accomplishment. You're still the leading passer. Um, you know, and there's been some decent quarterbacks uh, to come through. None of them have really played for four straight years. They kind of been one and two year guys, but you know, that's something definitely to add on. Um, so I kind of want to jump into this. You still, I'm assuming you still are pretty close to the team and you still follow them, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so you've seen that, you know, you saw the, um, the Spurrier era, you know, which was he kind of brought the uh, the high flying Gator offense there, which you know was was always uh, a rejuvenating feeling for South Carolina. Definitely put them back on the map. 
then they had a little um, little slow time uh, under Will Muschamp. You know, defense got uh, a lot better. That's him. And now we're into Shane Beamer time. You know, obviously we know who his dad is. His dad's a legend. Um, right. And you know, what's your thoughts on one Shane Beamer? You know, and then two on the program where it's at, and then um, you know we'll save maybe a couple stories for you at the end. I uh, I, I love the hire. I, I was pulling for him. Um, you know, he was he was one of Spurrier. He was here with Coach Spurrier, and he recruited a lot of the big guys um, that made Spurrier teams, and 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 most of those guys were on defense. Stephon Gilmore, the Clownies. You know, Beamer was the recruiter, and. Um, I always I, I thought that he's young enough that he could build this program. Um, you know, I got along with Coach Muschamp, and uh, but you know, if you can't win at Florida, how are you going to come to South Carolina win? I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. Florida, you're in the heart of recruiting. You know, now South Carolina, you can dip into Florida, but Florida, you're in the heart of it. And, Careful, Steve. You might break. You might break Q's heart here. He's a he's a Florida guy. <laughs> well, I, and, but what I'm saying is true. If you can't win at Florida, you know how are you going to win at South Carolina? And I didn't like the hire. He was our third choice. You know, we had Kirby Smart all signed up, and as soon as Georgia found out we were going to hire him, they fired Mark Rick and brought Kirby. So it, it changed everything we were about to do. But back to Beamer, I think it's a great hire. He's taking less money. Um, and I think he wants to build it and, and he's been around, he's paid his dues. You know, he was at Georgia, he's been at Oklahoma, he's been around some top programs. Obviously he can lean on his dad. Um, I love the hire and what he's done so far, you know, he flipped about four recruits this summer. I think we've got about 10 guys committed, a bunch of high, high guys. And, um, I, I, I think it's great. I think he's doing a great job. I think we got a chance to maybe win six games this year. Um, I don't think that we'll win many more, but uh, I do think we can win six. And if somehow he wins seven, um, you know, I think it's going to be great. But I like everything he's doing. I think it's a great hire for us. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've, you know, my family went to Virginia Tech, so I've followed uh, his dad really well. And and I think to win at at any college school, first you have to understand – uh, you know, the college and, and what, you know, where you're at, whether it's ACC, SEC. And I think he understands that being a prior assistant coach in that league. So I think he gets it. Um, and I think he'll do well. You know, I have four guaranteed wins here. I kind of had them at that five win. You know, I think he's going to have to uh, to build a program and he's going to get leeway. Um, you know, but one of the questions I'm, I'm really interested in is who's, you know, where's the starting quarterback? Who's that going to be? You know, Helensky transferred out. Um, you know, what's what's um, what's your take on the quarterback? It's going to be Luke Doty, and I, th- I think it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, Helensky, I don't know what happened with the coaching staff last year, but he got soured on those guys and left before this new staff. Um, you know, he had played good the year before, but I think it's Doty. Um, from what I hear, he's done a great job of leadership, big-time recruit, can really run, has to get better at passing, but – you know, when we saw him play last year, we didn't have any receivers. We had one receiver last year, Shy Smith, um, who I coached in high school, who's now playing for the Panthers. Um, but we had no one else. And so you're throwing a kid in here when the team's not very good and you only have one receiver and you're asking, you know, to, to be a star. And it's, it's not going to happen like that. So 
I really think Doty will transform into a good player. Uh, but we got to get some wideouts. We got two really good running backs, and I think we'll run the ball. Um, our defense is going to be better. And and Doty's really just a freshman. I guess he could be a sophomore, but last year's year didn't count for anybody if they don't want it to. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess he lists as a sophomore, but really could be a freshman. So I think it's something to build on. And, and, and there's so many good high school players and wide receivers in the state of South Carolina that if Beamer can get a few, you know, and, and, and handpick a couple other guys from around the country, you know, you might look at Doty next year and say, wow, this kid's really good because he's got all the tools um, and he can run. And, and so if we're going to run any of the, you know, some of that quarterback pool and, and, and have the quarterback run a little bit, Doty was the third fastest player on the team last year. So uh, obviously the kid can run. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt, you got anything? Oh, I got a ton of stuff, but I might shift it. I'll stick with I'll stick to this for right now. I'm I'm just looking up. It, it looks like uh, the the new coach does have some decent kids coming in, which is a great start. They have 14 returning starters, which is a good sign. I don't know how many of them are actually linemen, but I think if Doty does get a line, I I'm checking out his numbers. He has great completion percentage, so that leads me to believe that the O line is actually pretty strong. And if he can get Shy Smith, and then I think they have two incoming freshmen and one more guy in that lineup, I think you're spot on that if he gets a receiver or two, uh, they're going to actually surprise some people. You said six wins. I broke it down uh, right before the show. I have them with Q. I have them at five and seven. But you know there's going to be some game in there where there's going to be some bad weather. We might get a hurricane. <laughs> Something I was looking at last year, they lost a nail-biter to Auburn. You could be spot on with the six win mark and who knows seven wins is definitely not out of the question with these kids well we have a we have our kicker coming back and we're going to be a lot better on defense we got two real good defense alignment we got all american number 52 um i think he's the outside linebacker uh we got a transfer who's freshman all american at kansas and then another transfer defensive back so you know here's the thing when you have when you have good defense and you can run the ball, and you can hang around a couple games that you might not supposed to be in, and you have a veteran kicker, you know, you luck up and win a couple games at the end, you know, all of a sudden we got seven wins. Um, but, again, I think six. We're going to win one game. Probably we should. Um, and I think that's successful for the first-year coach. Coming to a team that won two games last year, a bunch of guys opted out, opted out for the NFL draft and got picked in the seventh round. I mean, why are you opting out for the NFL draft if you're going in the seventh round? You've got a better chance to go higher playing. Now, J.C. Horn opted out. He went eighth pick, so I understand that. But, you know, a lot of guys got mad when Muschamp got fired, and, uh, you know, they didn't look out for the team first. And that's what I think Beamer will do. I think he'll get guys in there that want the team to be successful. And in college football, especially this day and age with the NLI, or, you know, how much money these guys can be making, I think it still comes down to which team cares about each other, especially when you're not Alabama or Clemson, you know, or Ohio State or Oklahoma, those middle of the pack teams. Um, maybe those kids just want to play, you know, and, and they're not sitting there making six, seven hundred thousand dollars. They're there to play football. And, and that's how Spurrier won. Yeah, we had the Clownies and the Lattimores, but we also had a bunch of two star recruits that ended up going to play in the NFL. 
And that's what it's going to take to win at South Carolina because you're not going to get all the five stars like Alabama and Georgia. You're going to have to develop the talent. And I think Coach Beamer can develop some talent um, and that one day might be might be better than when they came in. So I'll direct it real quick, Hugh. Sorry. Since you brought up these kids making money now, I did some digging, and I actually found an article about the best 30 mullets in sports history. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen this, but where do you think you rank on that list of 30? Oh, I probably got to be in the top 10 anyway. You are. You're actually number six, which is phenomenal. Some of the people they have you beaten out. I mean, you beat out Kenny Powers, who's not even real. Guys like Seiko. <laughs> but I was shocked at number one, and it's a Florida guy, and you probably know him from your days there. He might be just a tad older, but you remember the basketball player, Dwayne Shinson? Dwayne Shinson. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he got ranked number one. I think it's a little bogus, but um, but that's going to lead me into the, to the segue here. So what's your take on these kids now? being able to make this money and i mean you can just guess guesstimate even fun rankings how much money do you think you potentially could have made because i dug up another thing your tagline crazy yankee quarterback you're telling me you couldn't slap that on a t-shirt nowadays and just bust out thousands of dollars a week at a game well i i would have made a lot of money there's no question about it the only thing i worry about is some of these guys coming in, and I think you should make some money. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, I'm all I'm all for it. And uh, I think after my freshman year, I mean, it, it would have been it would have been astronomical. But you're going to get some kids that come in there and they're big recruits and they get this money right away, and they don't work hard to develop, and they're not going to go play where when they come in and they're not from a great background and they're striving to take care of mom or to get the family out or whatever reason. And that's why they want to get to the NFL and they work their butts off to get there. This might hurt some of those kids. Um, you know, the quarterback at Alabama supposedly is at $800,000. He ain't played a game yet. Hasn't been a starting quarterback. You know, how good is he going to be now when he gets done? Hopefully he, he saves some of that money, but, I, I just think you're going to see some kids not pan out uh, because there's, there's stories you hear all the time about this five-star recruit that who went to South Carolina or went to Georgia and they were paying him so much. They got him to come and the boosters were paying and he never panned out, you know? And the reason for that a lot of times is, you know, if you're not striving for anything and you don't want to outwork everybody, sometimes you're not going to make it. And uh, I think you're going to see it happen a lot more. Hopefully these kids, obviously they're going to have, have attorneys and, and somebody to handle some of this money. Um, but I'm happy for them. But I do think it's going to hurt some kids. And it might divide some locker rooms if those kids in there don't look out for their teammates. You know, if that quarterback right now is at 800000 he should be taking every lineman out once a week right now to wherever they want to go eat. You know, I did that as a player. Um, took out my starting guys every every Sunday morning, but it was different back then. But if you have eight hundred thousand dollars, you, you're going to Ruth Chris every Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, you can afford Prime. You know, you you, you can. It, it's different, but I do think it's going to hurt. I, I'm glad that they're getting something, but I, I really think some kids aren't going to be able to handle what's about to happen. 
I, I think you're spot on. I completely agree. I think it's also going to cause sort of a, the ripple effect, which, which you had kind of brought up. I think, I think kids now are going to get into a lot more trouble too. And now with social media, it, they can't hide from it like you could back in the day. And if they're out there flashing money around $800,000, I think they're in for a world of trouble if they're not smart and using their heads. Well, you're going to see a lot of kids rolling around on campus that are, are 19 and the big recruit, and they've already earned 100000 or 200000 What are you going to do? If you're 19 years old and you, you're going to buy the nicest car, the car you've always wanted, now you're getting it in college before you get it to the pros. So now you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're rolling around on campus and there's a lot in some of these schools, there's 35,000 students. Not everybody's going to like you, you no. know, especially you're flashing it all. What happens if you go out there and have a terrible game? You know, people get mad and, and these fan bases, they take it personal. And, and here you are making all this money and you're not playing well. And uh, there's a lot of ripple effects. I agree with you 100%. I do have one more quick question before these, I let these other guys go. So what's your, is your claim, biggest claim to fame still the 92 beating of Clemson where you got the photograph? Is that, <laughs> that like your all-time sports high? Probably not. Um, no? I, I think as a player, that's one of them. But, you know, in 94, we won the first bowl game for University of South Carolina ever. I was the MVP of that game. That's something that, you know, no one can ever take from our team that year. Uh, we went through a new coach and we still got it done. And, and listen, we went, I think, seven and six. But as far as the University of South Carolina, that 94 team is the first team to ever win a bowl game. And, and to be the MVP of that game and, and uh, you know, that, 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 was a, that was an unbelievable season with a new coach and, and so much fun. And our team was so together. You know, it, it was a lot of fun. Now, 92 was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, that picture, I think, for the people here in, in South Carolina, it, it, if you talk about the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry, it's the most well-known picture. You know, it's in the paper every year when that game comes around. Uh, I would have made a lot of money off that picture. You know, that picture yeah. was in the state paper. They sold it. If you called, you could get one for 20-some bucks. I never saw a dime out of that. Um, <laughs> but – you know, that is the most famous picture. I don't really have a claim to fame. Um, oh, yeah, you do. I, I tell people all the time, I, I was famous when I was in seventh grade. So, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it. my wife doesn't get it now. Um, you know, I've been married two years, and, and, you know, she wasn't around when I was a player. But um, she doesn't understand. Someone will just come up to me, hey, are you Steve Tannehill? It's like, who was that? No, I don't know. I got no clue. You know, I don't have long hair. I hardly have any hair. So, um, like I said, that, that my time at South Carolina was fun. We had a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of big wins. And and uh, but that picture, people still talk about that picture again because it's in the paper every year before that game. Yeah, I, I, the only reason I asked is, I mean, there's people who have tattoos of that picture. Oh yeah, I met yeah. the guy. I met a guy at, at St. Pat's in Five Points. You know, I own a bar in Five Points now. Um, the most legendary bar in, in five points and one of the most legendary bars um, in the state of South Carolina. I mean, Hootie and the Blowfish named their comeback tour, you know, the group therapy tour after, after my bar. Um, and I met that guy and he has it. I got a picture with him. And, uh, 
you know, he's got my, my on his arm. And I was like, oh my goodness. My wife's like, this can't be real. This, this, this isn't, this isn't real. And uh, I took a picture with them and, and uh, you know, again, fa these fan bases and you guys know these fan bases are serious. Um, and, and, you know, I grew up right there beside Penn state. Those fans are serious, you know, Ohio state, these fans are for real. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you don't realize that until you're there and you really don't realize it till you're gone. And once you go back and you know, you're standing outside at a tailgate and you're seeing these people, I mean, they, they love the universities. Steve, I, I know I have one last question, but I know, uh, our buddy, he's not on the screen right here. Uh, Jason had a question and then, um, like I said, I don't take you too long, but, uh, Jason, go ahead, bud. No, my only question was he had on with his uh, restaurant group therapy. I was wondering if they were going to have any athletes uh, on NIL this season. I haven't, I haven't thought about it. You know, I haven't thought about it. Um, I might go find me one, and, uh, <laughs> I, but I'm only going to, I'm only going to deal with the top players. Um, and he's going to have to already performed on the field before I, before I get anybody, but no, we haven't done anything like that. And again, it's kind of different for me because I, I'm still invited to everything. I still go to practice. You know, I, I can still, it's just different. I, I don't know that is, you know, that's my bar that I, that I do, do that. You know, um, I'd have the team over and pay for the meal if that was allowed, but you can't even do that. So um, maybe I have to find me one of these guys and, and sponsor them. <laughs> also Q, I got to correct you. South Carolina, in the early nineties was actually one of the cooler programs around. They, they ran the run and shoot when no one ran the run and shoot. They had the black uniforms. They had the 2001 space odyssey when they'd come in and like 80,000 people. And that, like Steve said, that program was kind of just finding its way. He won the first bowl game there. So, you know, when they were on TV, it was actually a pretty cool watch. I know, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, when they were on TV, it was Sterling Sharp and Todd Ellis and, four wide receivers at a time when no one had four wide receivers. It was a pretty cool thing to see. So little, little history there. I remember Q's the young guy on the show. Yeah, right? He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. I mean, again, like I said, being in central PA, Phillipsburg, man, Tannehill, you know, is, you know, watching him in the state championship game was something. Then South, like you said, Jason, South Carolina was on TV. You were watching South Carolina because you just said, here's the thing. You didn't know what he was going to do. And I, yeah, I, I say that, and that, I say, that's the thing. That's and that's the in thing. a nice way. I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love this quote. So I, I just want to jump in here because when you went, so when you were getting recruited, I know I'm backtracking a little bit. You really, like you've said, you really wanted to go to a place that you were going to play right away. And, you know, I've heard a couple things uh, like Alabama, you said Florida State was there, but you go down to South Carolina, and I believe you guys started like 0 and 5. And then if this is, I heard this, you know, researching you, your quote was start me and we'll win <laughs> to the coach. Is that true? And I love that because just knowing you, I, I could see you going up to a coach and saying that, and you got in there and you did win. And I believe you finished five and one and you beat Clemson that year. Well, I, what my quote was, was about after the third game, I said, coach, if you just start me, we won't lose again this year but you got to start me. You can't just bring me off the bench. Um, and, you know, they didn't start me until the sixth game and we went five and one and we should have beat Florida in the swamp. We lost 13, nine um, and we dropped the halfback pass that would have won the game. 
And, you know, Florida was unbelievable that year. And, and when Coach Spurrier came to South Carolina, he called me up right away and, and I went to his office. He said, man, you, you guys should have won that game in 92. And I said, I know. We would have gone to a bowl game. We would have gone to a bowl game anyway if they'd have played me a little bit before the sixth game. But um, I definitely said it. And uh, I almost <laughs> had it right. Almost had it right. Steve, you're not allowed to talk bad about my Gators. <laughs> We're going to cut that part out. Um, hey, so my last question is, if you had a play, uh, whether it was a, a, a one-time use or just something like a four verticals or something, you guys, that was just your play back in the South Carolina days, what would you say that would be? Well, we, we got really good at, in my time there of running a skinny post, you know, four wides, and – you just never knew which inside receiver was going to break it across the middle. And uh, we just we, we just got really good at it. And we, we ran that play. And off that play, we ran smash. So, so those guys could go, you know, skinny in the middle or run to the corner. And we just got so good at it um, that we threw it so much, you know. And, and if they went cover three, then we stayed straight up. Um, but back then, we got a lot of four across coverage. And, and we just worked it. And, uh, I mean, we really got good at it. And, uh, you know, that was probably my most successful play when I was there um, because we, we, when Coach Scott came and we, we worked the middle of the field. And that was that was one of the things that, you know, we just did so well. And and we combined that with that corner route. And man, back then, that, that, that was our go to play. I love it. Love it. Smitty, Matt. Jason, I, I got I got my last one. Do you just sit? So you know, I know you watch. You go to a lot of South Carolina games, and I know you're big into um, just you know college football overall. I know you're a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan, like I am. Is there times? Because I was I was telling Q again when the first time we started talking to you, like you know, you had the long hair, you had taking the helmet off and running around after you threw a touchdown pass or ran it in, or then you ran over to the sideline, do the imaginary bat home run. Is there times that you sit on the couch and like you saw Trace McSorley for Penn state do that a lot. Did you ever just sit on the couch and go like to your wife and go, Hey, that was me. Like I, 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 I created this. This was my, like they're doing, cause they, I said that to Q, my opinion, they're taking it from you. Like <laughs> they weren't even born. The only thing is they weren't even born when I played, but um, they're probably still seeing your videos, man. <laughs> one thing I say, and, and I tell a lot of people this is I looked at college football and, and those Saturdays as, you know, you get 11 games back then we played 11 games a year. So you got 11 times to actually go have fun. And all that work you do, all that running, lifting weights, spring practice, I mean, all that stuff for 11 times out, man, if you didn't go out there and have fun, I don't know why you're doing it. You know, I, I, I just looked at it as, man, I'm going to have fun this Saturday. And, you know, I started 40 games in a row and we ended up 20 and 20. Um, as it was my starting, starting record. Well, 2019 and one. So I, I consider myself a winner because we tied LSU my senior year, but, um, if you're not going to go have fun, why, why are you doing it? I mean, because all that other stuff, it isn't fun. I mean, it's just not fun. I mean, waking up at sea, you know, I wouldn't go to class that much. And if you didn't go, you had to run, the, you had to run the spirals at the stadium at six in the morning and your position coach had to come. Well, I lifted, it was Tuesdays. Well, I lifted at seven. So I didn't care. 
So, you know, I didn't go to class. They made me run every time. But after I got done running, I had to go lift anyway. And I thought it was great because my position coach had to come. And, and he had to be there. So instead of him rolling in the office at 8, he had to get there at 545. And I told him. And, and you know, I had three offensive coordinators in four years, and I told each one, if you're going to continue to do this, it's going to hurt you more than me because I don't mind running. I got to lift weights right afterwards. So I see you, I see you on Tuesday. And, um, you know, that was just me. You know, that, that, that I had to do all that to go out there and start 11 games. I wasn't going to miss a game. I was going to have fun, and uh, I think that's what the game's all about. I, I know it's it's more to the fans, but as a player, man, you just go out there, man, 85,000 people, you know, and they hollering your name or rocking that stadium, and you might as well go have fun, and, and that's what I did. Steve, I, I got one quick one, too, just right before we let you go. I mean, the SEC has always been great at football, and you played in a pretty good heyday. Who was the biggest – bad as a dude in the sec when you played kevin carter it's not even a question okay. um, that's, that's why i asked i mean i know you're gonna know and, well, and I, from I being inside so. curry and copeland i played against those guys they went four and five in a draft um but i'm gonna tell you kevin carter you know he's six foot six 300 pounds he has a half shirt on and abs <laughs> <laughs> and he's standing there pointing at you, telling he's coming. And I know you're coming, Kevin. But <laughs> here I am, 6'4", 215 pounds. I don't have any abs. And this guy's coming at me. Um, I'm going to tell you, you know, they're, they're, Leonard Little was a good one, played at Tennessee. Um, he hit me my junior year on, like, the first play of the game. And he picked me up and said, it's going to be a long day. I bit my tongue. I never wore a mouthpiece. So I bit my tongue, got blood coming out. And I was like, can you not just take it easy? A couple times he said, you're going to see me all day, but I help you up. So there was a lot of good players, but there's no question, Kevin Carter. I checked out of a pass on a third and long to a fullback dive. We were getting beat like 40 to seven in the fourth quarter because I was tired of getting hit by him. <laughs> and, and, and here it is in the fourth quarter, it's third and 12. You know he knows it's a pass. You know, he's already hit me 15 times. We're not going <laughs> to win the game. I checked it to a fullback dive, and I trotted off to the sidelines. And that red phone over there wouldn't quit ringing. They were so mad at me. But I told him he can come down there and play on third and 12. How about we get to third and three, and I'll, play, I'll call whatever play you want. <laughs> third and 12, I'm not getting hit anymore. And we had Clemson the next week, and we had to beat them. I said, I, you know, and I didn't – I'm not a quitter. But, man, once you get pounded enough by these guys, man, we're not going to win the game. It's 40 to six in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go, you know, but definitely Kevin Carter. That's my Kevin Carter story. And that's, that's a awesome. true story. That's awesome. Well, Steve, it's been a pleasure to have you on. We definitely like to bring you on uh, again. And, and I'm looking at the schedule. So South Carolina travels to Florida this year, but next year um, I'm going to book a ticket. I'm going to watch the game with you and, and we're going to have right, a good come on with it. You know I get the best seats. <laughs> and we, could, we could probably just watch it from your bar, too. Yeah. Hey, the bar's can... downtown. It's a little ways away. We usually have a good tailgate going on. I usually have a lot of people at my tailgates. And, and uh, I usually don't go in. But if you're going to come, I'll go in. I, my, my one son wants to go in every week. And so when, when he comes to the games, I got to go in. But other than that, I, I just stay outside. Um, but I'll come in if you come.
All right. I think we're okay with just staying outside and tailgating. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I think that's way more fun. Um, now there's a second seven seven second delay around the stadium, so you hear the play, you hear something good happen, then you get to watch it. So that's pretty cool. You know when we did something good, so you can actually jump up and down before you see it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather stay outside. But I'm telling you, these students and what they got going on at these games, man, it's so much fun being in there all those students rocking and, and now they sell beer in there and this year we're going to have a full house 85 89,000 man it's going to be fun I, I'm going to go in the first game this year we play Eastern Illinois but the games at 7 30 and those student lots open about eight those students will be ready to go it'll be a phone <laughs> I love it Steve you can count us party of five in 2022 we'll be down there uh, we re really appreciate you coming on. And uh, like I said, we'd love to get you on again. So we'll right. stay. Yep. yep. Stay in touch, guys. I enjoyed it. Fun stuff, man. Best of luck to your show. Thanks, yes, sir. Steve. Thanks, Steve. All right, guys. I, boys, I'll tell you right now, I could have talked to him for another two more hours. Uh, just the conversations, you know, you just, you just come up with questions and you're like, Oh, I could ask him this. I could ask him that. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he blew me away. I don't know about you guys. I love it. I would just talk shop. I'd talk drinking beers. Well, being, you know, again, I've said it, being a central Pennsylvania guy, it was, uh, it was kind of neat to, uh, to have him on. And, and I could have, we could have talked some more good, uh, some good high school uh, Altoona stories there. And again, just Altoona, you research Altoona, the talent that came out of Altoona and basketball is just remarkable. And, and he was a talent in uh, basketball. I mean, he was a good point guard, and that was a great team. Like he said, Danny Fortson was just an absolute monster. And, yeah, we could have dove into a lot more with uh, the South Carolina, but best of luck with him. I know he has a couple restaurant bars down there. Very good. We didn't even really dive into his successful um, high school coaching. Won some state championships. and we can we can bring him back on and certainly talk for shock. Absolutely, like, let's bring him back on. I wanted to give him a mullet rating, like a Madden rating. I was going to give him like a nine, <laughs> solid ninety. I love it. I mean, if he, if he was number six on that best mullets in sports ever, that's at least a ninety. You know oh. what I wanted to ask him, and we just ran out of time. I want to know like if he has like boxes of those hats with the mullet coming out. <laughs> Like he just like goes in and like, yeah, I got 20 of them. We need him to send us some of those and we can wear yeah. Then we can do a YouTube one time and have the South Carolina with the mullet hat on. That would be fun. All right, boys, let's, uh, we got probably 20 more minutes for the show. I know we can hit, uh, the SEC East tonight and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do another show in the West. I think the West, West, bleh, the West, there's going to be a little more in-depth talking, all right, let's start. Um, so projections, what I'm looking at is it's got uh, the top three. Uh, we'll start there. It's going to be uh, Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky, you know, coming out of the east. Uh, so let's start with Georgia. So Kirby Smart's the head coach. You know, they lost their number one wide receiver, Pickens, um, at least start the year. He might come back in the later half uh, for them. But as of right now, he's listed, um, you know, out for a considerable amount of time. Um, I have them at 10 and two and, and I'll get more into this in depth, but I actually have them losing to the week one in Florida and then, um, in Jacksonville, to, I'm sorry, week one to Clemson and then in Jacksonville to Florida. What do you guys think? I have them at nine and three, actually. I think somebody's going to sneak up on them. I, I too have them losing to Clemson. 
I think Florida could get them. And I think they'll trip up um, somewhere along the way. They always seem to stumble against somebody, and they still play their rival game against Auburn, I could see, depending on how Auburn pans out. I was thinking about Tennessee, but, nah, I shot that down. I, I see no problem with your – 10 and two mark, but I'm just going to go one down. I, I, I foresee a stumble in there somewhere. I'm going to go nine and three. And real quick before I meant to mention, so the season win total uh, is 10 and a half for them. So I, I have the under their odds to win the SEC is plus 190. Their odds to win the national title uh, via FanDuel is plus 500. Um, so I just wanted to throw those numbers out there. That way uh, Smitty and, and Jason kind of their over-unders. Um, I got the under as well, Q. Yeah, I like the under. I mean, if you lose week one to Clemson, that's an uphill battle, and that's a steep hill. So, wait, though, if you take the Florida hat off, like, who else could could get them, though, on that schedule? There's nobody really that's – I mean, if you look at the East, this is going to be a theme when we talk about four of the teams have new coaches and are basically starting from, like, scratch almost. Um, I see a stumble potentially, Kaminsky, against uh, – so say Florida does get them, and then they got to travel to Missouri. That's my probably my stumble there. I, I could see that. No, and Florida could get them. I'm just saying that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, to me, that's, you know, more of a coin flip game or, you know, slightly favored by a little bit to Georgia. But, um, yeah, I mean, going to Tennessee late in the year, maybe Tennessee will have stuff in order by then. Like, like you said, Missouri's probably a little more coming out of, you know, they at least have some continuity year to year, but really, I mean, that schedule sets up pretty well. I mean, you got the big, if they could somehow beat Clemson, I mean, you can basically pencil them in for the four. Like they're, they're there because there's no one really outside of Florida that can really ruin their season. Auburn's going to be kind of figuring stuff out. You know, Kentucky needs to figure out they have a quarterback. I mean, we'll hit on that later, but I mean, the rest of it is, you know, they're catching some of these teams early, like South Carolina, South Carolina's probably not going to be ready for them at that point, just from a talent perspective and just trying to, you know, get the X's and O's down. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm high on them. I'm very high on this team. I, I think, you know, I think Jason made a very good point there. If you look, they're plus five. I'm looking at some opening lines. Now these might've changed what I'm looking at. You got plus five against Clemson week one. Let's say they can pull the upset, which I love the plus five. I mean, South Carolina, big spread. The only, the two games that with the spread at Auburn minus four and a half and at the Florida game with minus four and a half, I think they beat Florida. I know Q's going to probably fist fight me next time we see each other. Cause I just love rubbing that in with the Florida thing. I don't see them losing. I think I'm at around what I did was I kind of did two like win totals. I have 11 to 12 wins. I think they're there. I could even see higher. I think they could go undefeated. I've also said to Dr. Brent, JT Daniels, throw a little pizza money on him winning the Heisman. I mean, so I think that's the thing you look at their schedule. The only two teams that put up yards on them last year were Florida and Alabama. And that Florida game, they just down the offense compete. They only had 277 total yards. And that's really the thing with it. They're their own worst enemy. I mean, they're loaded from a uh, talent perspective, but their schemes, you know, they're very conservative on defense, even though they've got good guys. I know they've been super conservative on offense. And supposedly they're changing all of that this year. JT Daniels did play well for them late in the year when they definitely had some issues at quarterback early in the year. They had the, uh, was it Spencer uh, Bradley? Was that his name? Yeah. Stenson Bennett, that's it. I knew it was a PGA golfer. I couldn't figure out which one. Um, 
you know, he, he literally just didn't have an arm for the offense. They couldn't throw the ball downfield at all. And teams figured that out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Daniels having a full season, how, how good they can get and whether they can, you know, they're probably going to get to the playoff. It's just, can they do anything once they get there? I'm kind of against your JT Daniels pick only for one reason. They were the third best rushing team, I think, in the SEC. And I think they're going to pound the ball with uh, multiple backs again this year. Well, I agree with you. And I was talking to Dr. Brent on this. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. A little pizza money, though. But here's the thing. If they can go undefeated and he can put up some numbers, that's big. Yeah. And, you know, I like Spencer Rattler, but again, I think major favorite, like favorite, I, you know, it could play out. I just think this is a little bit down the board. That's an interesting play. If you want to throw it on there, I agree with you. I think they'll pound the ball, but JT Daniels, I think will put up some big numbers. Now, again, Q made a great point on the phone this morning. We talked about this Pickens it out. I already heard that he's running stairs. Is that going to, is he going to be, is he going to be able to come back to add that little piece wide receiver? I agree. Very deep group at running back. I just think I like the pizza money, but I will say this. This is the year that Kirby Smart, he better perform, man. Like Jason said, this schedule, I don't think it's that hard. And he didn't, they didn't bring him in to win SEC titles here. We got to get some national championships here. This could be the year that they're there. I like Georgia. Again, I like the over and a little bit of pizza money on JT. All right, let's move to the next team, Florida. A lot of people have Florida ranked second um, in the SEC East. The over-under win total for them is nine. The odds to win the SEC for them is plus 1,800, and the odds to win the title is plus 4,000. Um, I'm only really going to give odds to win the title to teams realistically fighting for the 12. You know, I, I think it's a waste of time to talk about you know, Tennessee and Kentucky for that. Um, so Florida's returning five offensive players, five defensive players, and a lot of uh, starters. Uh, I'll say that they have a lot of people who last year, just due to injuries, they played a lot early on, you know, their defense struggled, but I'm really high on them. I know I'm a homer, uh, but I, you know, I did my homework on them and I really like um, the offense this year. And I think it caters to Dan Mullen's strengths a little bit, you know, Kyle Trask really wasn't uh, what Dan Mullen is, is accustomed to, you know, Alex Smith had a little bit of a running uh, style back in college and he can run in the NFL until he snapped his leg, you know, when need be. Uh, but Emory Jones is a true dual threat quarterback. He's so fast. He could throw the ball 70 yards on a spiral. You know, he's, he just throws a bullet down the middle, um, you know, in the short times that he has played quarterback, he's done really well for them. Um, and they do return uh, Justin Shorter. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him in Penn State. He's done really well at Florida. Uh, he's picked up the playbook well. Malik Davis seems to be the new Kadarius Tony for them. And then just, uh, Jacob Copeland is just an all-around stud. Um, and then this is something that they haven't had in a while. They have two five-star uh, running backs in uh, Demarcus Bowman and Lorenzo Lingard. Both are uh, available to play, and they still have Jakari Wright coming back. And their defense, I think, is going to get a little bit better. They address the uh, the defensive back and the safeties uh, with two stud coaches, one out of South Florida, and I can't remember the other one, but he uh, has a great pedigree. You know, they have an All-American preseason guy in Zachary Carter off the edge. I just think this is Florida's year. Dan Mullen, I think, knows the offense uh, of scheme better than Kirby Smart, so I think they pick up that win again against Georgia. And I think this is a year – if I'm going to give Bama a regular season loss, this is a year that Dan Mullen could actually upset because they almost did it last year and uh, and only lost by five um, 
with a, a putrid defense. If their defense is any better, I think Bama's going to have a slight degress this year. Florida's 11-1. If in a perfect scenario, they could beat Bama, in my opinion. Adam. I'm going to go contrarian. Um, uh, you're probably not going to want to hear this. I think so. They went eight and four last year. Yeah. They're losing just massive talent in Tony, Pitts, and Trask. Now, you named some kids who are good players. I don't think they're great players. So, Mullen's going to have to really coach his ass off. I can't foresee them getting any better than eight and four. And in fact, I actually have them at seven and five. I think. I don't think they stand a chance against Bama. And I think Bama is going to sport the best defense in the country this year with the amount of guys they have coming back and the, and the five stars that they're penciling in. I'm going to, I'm going to go the under here. Uh, sorry. You don't want to hear it, but I, I think they're even going to stumble somewhere late, even though they get that cake Sanford game. But I think one of the games at Missouri and even Florida state down at the end might, might trip them up. There. Jason. Smitty. Yeah, I'm not that negative on them. I, I have them just going through here at nine and three. Um, BIM will be a challenge early, um, just because it'll be Emory Jones' real first test there, uh, being the true starter. He gets two cupcakes to start off with a Florida Atlanta, Atlantic, and then out South Florida. South Florida doesn't have any expectations this year, so that'll be basically just Gainesville South and Tampa. Um, yeah. So you know, getting BIM at home will help, but that's still going to be a pretty tough hill to climb. Um, Tennessee won't be ready by then. Kentucky, that could be a trap game. If Will Levis can play, then, you know, that'll be just because it's on the road and that's going to be basically four second place in the East at, at that point. And then the rest of the way out uh, at LSU could be tough. That's always, you never know how that game's going to go between those two schools. And then uh, you have Georgia. So actually what that four, eight and four potential could easily be nine and three too. Um, yeah, they're loaded. It's just like you said, it's it's reloading, right? You, you have the kids. It's just uh, you did lose a lot, but you do have a better quarterback or it fits the system better. Though I think Mullen did a really good job with that last year, having basically a drop back quarterback with something where he likes to have more of a multiple guy. Um, the defense needs to play better. When they were awful, they were real bad. Um, when they were good, they were good. They need to kind of find more of a consistent week to week and they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys, everybody hit it very well here. I know. Hughes a little higher on them than I am. Uh, you know, I have them between eight and nine wins. I think the quarterback fits the system well. You're going to see a lot of running with him. Big arm accuracy is a little concerning to me, what I've read and looked at. Again, like Q said, good, good running backs, very deep. Wide receivers scare me a little bit. Copeland had some drop issues last year. And like Matt said, they lost so many key guys with that offense. Defense, again, just a train wreck last year, I thought. They got bullied at times. They did bring in a lot of transfers to maybe help this team out a little bit. I think it's not a bad team, but I'm going to go eight, eight wins, nine wins. I think there's some stumble blocks in there. I don't think they can compete with Georgia. I don't think they can compete with Alabama, but not a bad season. For the record, I'm not saying they're going to beat Bama. I'm just saying if, if a team can beat Bama, I think they have the shot. You guys 100% accurate on your uh, your stuff. So they're an I think, uh, to watch. You know, are they going to exceed or are they going to play uh, below? So I'm, I'm very intrigued. Um, I think the quarterback, though, I mean, hey, you love the quarterback from last year, and I did too. 
I think this guy does fit in. This guy kind of reminds with Mullen with a little Prescott at Mississippi State, you know, doing some things like that. Like it, but again, I, I think it's about if you can get nine wins, it's a great season, in well, my opinion. But that's it's tough in college football. A lot of people don't like nine wins. I mean, Jones threw it 30 times and he ran it 30 times last year. That's actually a lot more experience than some of the other quarterbacks we're going to be talking about in this conference. There's a lot of new quarterbacks in the SEC. So uh, he definitely, you know, got at least some game experience. You know, it's going to be probably a quicker transition for him. Plus, Bama is going to be pretty in flux at that point, too, by game three. They still have a lot of guys who are getting their first real looks. Uh, they lost a lot, too. So it's always a shot. And you get them in the swamp. And you know it's going to be a night game. Or actually, yeah, seven. September 18th, that'll probably be a night game. That probably won't be a CBS game yet. So I'll let you guys call up Dan Mullen and ask him what his record is against Bama. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I need. To, that's all I need to know. Oh, oh, and 10, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Let's make it let's make it 0 and 11. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to uh what a lot of places have. Can uh, I just say something real quick? There's probably a lot of coaches that are owing something against Alabama. So <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Um, all right, Kentucky. So Mark Stoops, I want to say he's entering his ninth year. I think right. that's their ninth. Um, so I have them predicted at six and six. The season win total over under is seven. They have some quarterback controversies. You know, who's going to start? Is it going to be Bo Allen? Is it going to be the transfer of Will Levis? Um, and there's a third guy in there. Forgive me for not knowing his name. Um uh, you know, this is a weird team. They have a good running back. Um, he ran pretty well for him last year. You know, they're they're definitely going to uh, bank on that running game um, again. And, you know, Mark Stoops has obviously put that program on the map uh, from what it was. Um, you know, I just don't know. They lost a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They don't have really a good receiver. Um, I want to say Ali is their best receiver. And he only had like 45 catches last year for 500 yards. They do have one coming in queue from uh, Nebraska I transferred in uh, Robinson a kid. That's pretty talented in the slot. So there was a, a transfer in that is supposed to be maybe their best weapon now at wide receiver. Okay. All right. So add him, you know, I uh, still got to learn the system. Um, you know, ultimately can the quarterback get him the ball and, you know, if, if Ali doesn't show or Robinson doesn't show, you know, that puts them in a bad spot. They're not a great offensive team. Um, and we saw that last year. They just really seemed like they kind of let down last year in some points. Um, you know, they tough defense. Like I said, they lost some. I have them six and six, so I would take the under uh, personally. I'm going to agree with you, Q. I actually, too, have them at six, six, six and six. They actually have murderers row in the middle of their schedule. They 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 roll into Florida, LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State right in a row. Two away, two home, I believe. Uh, I I don't know. The the good thing is they end kind of with three cupcakes: uh, Vandy, New Mexico State, and Louisville. Even though it's at Louisville, that's not really a cupcake, but that's a team they should be. It's kind of a rivalry game, more so in hoops, of course. But I. <laughs> I think they're going to slip up out of the gate too. I think they're going to start out one and one. I, I can't see them getting past six. So if the over unders set, do you say it was seven? Yeah. Uh, I'm, give me the under all day, especially because of the, the quarterback controversy. I don't think they can pull it off. Jason Smitty. I'm more optimistic on them than uh, Matt is. I actually looking at this real quick. I mean, 
I might be a little light on Missouri right now, just from some of the comments we've made uh, here, but um, just going through, I've actually got them in nine and three. And that, that schedule is a murder's row in the middle. Yeah, Florida, LSU, Georgia, back to back, back weeks. Um, Hugh, I think you were actually nice about their offense. It was probably even worse than what you described. They were probably the worst team to watch on TV last year of any team. <laughs> it was brutal. Um, the running back, Chris Rodriguez, is really good. And they have a, they always have good offensive lines. Um, and so they will be able to run the football probably. Will Levis can run the football really well. Uh, back quarterback, Joey Gatewood, is going to be in that mix. I think that was a guy we missed. He's another yep. runner. So these games are going to be short because the defense is good. And they're going to run the ball a ton. So the weeks they can run it, they'll be dangerous. And then if they ever get down, they'll probably lose to somebody they shouldn't. Um, but uh, it's a real solid team. It's kind of funny. I mean, the records aren't great, but considering you're talking about Kentucky and the SEC, uh, Stoops has them probably as good as they've ever been um, year in and year out at this point. And they've got some pretty decent recruited kids like across the board. And the numbers are the Phil Still numbers are getting smaller next to the kids' names every year. So they can find a quarterback. They could probably be a little sneaky uh, coming out of the East one of these years just because they have kind of recruited up the bottom of their roster. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm optimistic. I'm surprised it's six and a, six and a half. Um, I guess that's really due to the questions of quarterback because uh, it's a pretty solid team otherwise. Yeah, I'm kind of with Jason. I, I mean, I'm not as high as Jason on this team. I had him between seven and eight wins. So, again, I was trying to do the two-game kind of where I'm at, probably lean more at the seven. Sounds like the Penn State transfer is going to be the quarterback. New offensive coordinator came in, I think, from the Rams. I believe he was something with the Rams coming in. Big time play action uh, type of system, uh, you know, Levis out of Penn State, big arm, accuracy, a little question mark, great running back. Rodriguez was the fourth leading rusher in the SEC. Um, coming back, good, like I said earlier, kid out of Nebraska is going to help him. Offensive line, two guys came back. They did get a good uh, transfer in from LSU to add on to that line. That's going to help them run the ball. Jason said it well, very boring team last year. One of the worst teams to watch, I thought. Uh, looking at the schedule, Matt said it, you know, they they do open up three easy, well, not easy, two out of the three are easy. They play Monroe, 29-point favorites, week three, Chattanooga, 32-point. But that Missouri game's one I circled. That is such a key game for this over total, I believe. Matt hit it correctly then then they do i mean florida lsu georgia at mississippi louisville the last game of the year right now minus one i'm looking at so that's a very tight game it's going to be close this is a hard pass for me it's too close i have them seven to eight wins it's going to be right there all right let's move on so we have missouri so eli drinkowitz it's the second year uh quarterback basilic am i saying that right Connor, Connor Bazelak, he's going to be returning. You know, I thought he showed a lot of promise for them. Um, the over-under is seven right now. Um, you know, I think they're going to – I'm going to take the over, but I, I'm not as high on this team as, as the record would indicate. And I say that because I'm looking at their schedule, and they have a very cupcake schedule. I think it's a very cupcake eight and four or nine and three season. I mean, when you're playing – Central Michigan win, you know, Kentucky, let's take that out of the equation. Southeast Missouri State win at BC. I think BC struggles this year. Um, that's another win. Tennessee is another win. North Texas is another win. 
you know, they're favored by 23 there. Vandy's another win in Arkansas. You know, I'm just not sold on Arkansas right now offensively. Um, If you take just those, I mean, you're at eight wins and then Kentucky would be potentially nine, but you know, that is a, uh, that's a junior college schedule in my opinion. And they're, they're going to benefit greatly. You know, I don't think they're going to really stand a chance against a Florida, a Georgia and an A&M. Um, they're going to, they're getting better. I just, I think their schedule is going to make them seem better than they are. Yeah, I agree. But I, I think this is an easy eight win team because of the soft schedule soft. I mean, charm and soft. They, they actually potentially could start out 6-0, and then get all that pub, and then they'll probably get blown out, run out by A&M, and then at least go into a bye, maybe regroup, win at Vandy, house by Georgia, and then 500 down the stretch. I, I don't see how they can't eke out eight wins here. Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't know. I'm kind of interested in the BC game, being that it's in Boston. Um, you don't see SEC schools – or, you know, even Missouri, which is a kind of an SEC school, um, going up to the Northeast to play. Just, I can see a bit of a trap game there. Um, I know BC is probably not good. They lost a little uh, in the draft, but just the, the unique playing a, a school you just don't see that often. Well, actually, I think we'll see that across the SEC this year. They actually have some non-conference games against teams they usually don't play. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks – I mean, you just go down the list of who they should beat and who they shouldn't. You see at least – Six wins going to Arkansas probably on Thanksgiving weekend uh, for seven. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting because uh, Drinkwitz hasn't really done himself any favors by, you know, with the people there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that team's kind of still united or not. He's kind of looked, you know, looked around and I, I don't think he's quite got things going in the right direction that he wants. So, yeah, I think this, I had him. Um... I had them between seven and eight wins. So again, right on it, maybe one over. I'm high on BC, which we'll get to here in the next couple of weeks. That's a big game. I don't think they win there. I'm I'm extremely high on Boston College this year. You know, you look at it. I agree with you. Um, you know, Central Michigan, big favorites. The Kentucky game again, week two. There's that other game. Then you add the BC game. That's why I went about seven and eight. Good quarterback. I like him. Freshman in the year. Very good numbers last year. Deep wide receivers coming back. They got an Ohio State uh, transfer coming in. Offensive line, four key guys are coming back. Now, here's the thing. Roundtree's gone. He was their big-time runner last year. What's going to happen there? I, I, I'm right. Man, this is this. there's just so many teams right on what would you do here. This is not a strong over for me. Would I roll the dice if I want to bet something on this? I'd probably take the eight wins and take the over. Smitty, I want to touch real quick. You did mention Roundtree's gone, but the three kids behind them, so Roundtree averaged roughly five yards a carry in their uh, offense. The other three behind him, five, eight, eight yards per carry. I think they're going to get a little more speed over a little bit of the bruiser with Roundtree. I think the running backs will be fine. This is going to be one of my surprise teams to bet on, I think, this year. I think I'm going to – I mean, granted, I don't know if they're going to cover spreads. We don't know what those are yet. Uh, this is something I'll look to for the betting people listening to, to throw into some money line parlays. It's going to be Missouri. Yeah, I like that angle, Matt. I think I might might hit that with you. Uh, all right, let's move on uh, to Knoxville. We have Tennessee. So Josh Heupel um, coming from Central Florida. It's his first year. Uh, season win totals over under six. 
Uh, Vison has just, it's a pass play. Don't even touch it. Um, I, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the schedule and I don't see many wins. I mean, I'm counting, you know, Bowling Green a win. Um, you know, Pitt, Pitt's no guarantee. Uh, Tennessee Tech's a guaranteed win. South Carolina's a win. And South Alabama and Vanderbilt. So, I, I mean, I got them in that, that four to six range. Um, I think Heupel has a lot of hype. I think he's going to need some time to recruit some players because they absolutely have nobody on the roster that he inherited. Um, you know, their, their best player offensively, Eric Gray, transferred to Oklahoma because he was just done with the program. Um, you know, they have a little bit of a quarterback battle. Harrison Bailey uh, showed a little bit of promise last year for them, a little inconsistent at times. Uh, but then they took in that transfer from Virginia Tech, Hendon Hooker, who's got an absolute cannon. He can run around. Um, so maybe that's something that entices Josh Heupel to do a little dual quarterback system uh, with some uncertainty there. Uh, Jabari Small. You know, he's a decent running back. It's his first year, you know, as as the uh, the the load work guy. So it'll be interesting to see, one, does he tire out? Two, does he live up to the standard, you know, that Eric Gray set? Um, you know, in wide receivers, they really don't have anybody on the outside. Um, I, I they, they didn't really have anybody last year. I mean, they had a couple role guys, you know, but I, I wouldn't say anybody's standing out. Um, you know, defensively, they kind of struggled last year. I think they're still going to struggle. Um, nobody sticks out, you know, on that. And, uh, and I think offensively they're still going to struggle until he can get his guys in there. That's, so I've got them in that four to six range. I would take, uh, I, I would take the under. Hugh, what was the actual under? Six. It is six. I'll roll the under with you. I think now the, the schedule, they, they have three cupcakes. So they're, they're going to get three wins and then it gets interesting. Can they beat Pitt? I'm going to say yes. Can they eke out a win potentially at home against South Carolina? Yes, that gets them to five. Then you have another game with Kentucky late. Ah, man, this is tough. I, I, I don't think they have the quarterback. They definitely don't have the wide receivers unless we're overlooking somebody. New coach, SEC gauntlet right down the middle, Florida, Missouri, South Carolina, Mississippi, Bama. I, I'll roll the under. And, and they got Georgia late. I'll, I'll definitely roll the under. So who's their uh, quarterback going to be? Does anybody know? I mean, you got Joe Milton and you have Hendon Hooker, which guys both who started for pretty decent programs in Michigan and Virginia Tech at some point. I, As I mean, being a Michigan fan, I'd go with Hooker. <laughs> for this magazine. And, I, and if you can go – now listen, you can go back, way back when we started, but that might have been when we were just doing by emails this show, when it was just myself and Q. And I think I bragged up Joe Milton that it was going to be this superstar. So, yeah, you take – sometimes you hit some stuff with some great ideas, and other times they're not that good. Uh, I know, think they're going to Bailey as their, their starter. Yeah. I think, it, I think it'll go Bailey, Hooker, Milton in terms of your one, two, three depth. I think Hooker just offers more. He's a better passer. I think he had a better showing at Virginia Tech than Milton did in Michigan. I mean, Milton so seems accurate. Here's the other reason I'm really down on these guys. So I, I, I dug in. There's a, they, they do the preseason teams for the, each conference. Their only preseason candidate on the first two teams. Now, this is all just opinions, and I'm sure some people breaking down, is their freaking punter on the first two teams. I mean, it, it, that's just a devote 
that that's a huge void of talent. And in fact, the first one I see to make it is their guard, third team. Sorry, I, I can't roll with them at all this year. It looks like their defensive line is not going to be awful either. But yeah, no, they are definitely. I mean, it's a weird program, man. There's so much pressure on this program, and they just cannot get out of their own way uh, to get this thing going in the right direction. I mean, they had the coach last year couldn't figure out how to wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I, <laughs> I mean, come on. You saw that. They play a babushka. Uh, <laughs> so, I just – the quarterbacks, all the ones they do have, and I do think they'll play the freshman now that I look at this again because if you're in the first year of a program, there's no reason to play those older kids, right? You're not expecting much from this season anyway. So, Heupel's going to put his system in. It'll be interesting. Can they play as fast as he played at UCF? Because they don't really have the horses. They're just going to get slaughtered if they keep, you know, go three out over and over and over again. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts because he doesn't have the receivers really put any threat into these defenses. I mean, that's that's a great point. I think you actually hit a hit a, a, a key point there. But I think that's what they're going to have to do. I think they're going to have to be a team of sort of uh, gimmicky to to make a dent and keep people off guard. Otherwise, I think they're just going to get teed off on. Yeah, no, I mean that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I have them, I have them losing the pit that second week. I think Pitts is in a little better position right uh, with the senior quarterback, and um, probably going to be pretty hard to block. Pitt brings all those zone blitzes and everything, and you got their second week of a scheme. That could be a tough challenge. So I, I think I have them at one, two, five, and seven. Um, so I think that's an under. Yep, that's exactly right. what I have them at five and seven. Yeah, and like you said, three wins are easy to find. The rest of them, it's pretty tough. I mean, you got to go to Missouri. You got to go to Bama. That'll be ugly. Um, You get South Carolina at home. You know, I have that as a win. And then, you know, at Kentucky, that's a loss. Georgia at home is probably a loss. And then Vanderbilt, well, that's a win. Um, Pretty sure some high school teams looking at Vanderbilt as a win. But, uh, yeah, five and seven. I, I have them between five and six and where I'm going to lean more with the five. So I think a lot of good sharp plays on the under with this team. I think this is a, I think it's a good coach. I think he'll get it turned around. It's going to, it might take a little bit, 25 guys left on transfers. It quarterback wise. Again, I agree. I mean, I like hooker. I wouldn't waste my time with Joe Milton and I did. And he broke my heart. So I'm going to go off him running backs two okay. Running backs wide receivers. I don't think they're, horrible to come into this but the defense really needs to pick it up they've only had two winning seasons in the sec in 13 years you know that fan base is ready just to go crazy if this doesn't get turned around uh, one quick I think, stat i think they uh, real quick i think pitt i agree with jason i think pitt beats them i don't think they're there i think pitt will be okay uh but man oh man there's some they have a stretch I mean, they're at just at Florida, at Bama, at Kentucky, at Missouri. Oh, for I don't know, five wins. I kind of agree with you, boys. Take the five, take the under. One one quick stat. So we're we're on Tennessee right now. The three worst defenses in the SEC all come three of the four. I'm sorry, come out of the East, and it's Tennessee, then South Carolina, then Vandy. So it's no surprise we're we're coming up on these three right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. We'll talk South Carolina. You know, we already talked. We got Steve 
Tannehill's opinion on it. So shame. Say, do we really need a hit? Steve really dove into that. Fantastic. Yeah, he did. Well, touch real quick about it. And it so Shane Beamer, is, it's his first year as the uh, head coach. You know, he really doesn't have anything. He inherits Luke Doty, who showed a little bit of promise last year. He's got a really good running back, Kevin Harris. The kid ran 1,100 yards last year on a trash team. Uh, so, you know, I think that great higher. Um, over-unders, four. I'm going to stay away because, you know, they won two games last year. And I'm looking at their schedule. Eastern Illinois is a win. You never know what East Carolina is going to get. James Houston, you know, is uh, coach there. A lot of people thought maybe they'd have been a little more successful at ECU last year, but they didn't. So maybe they stay falling off that wagon. So let's say that's the second win. Troy, they should beat Troy. And then, you know, at Tennessee and Vandy, I'm thinking they could at least pick one of those up um, to, to at least improve from two wins, maybe three to four. Uh, it's, it's a pass play for me, uh, but they're just going to get slaughtered, uh, you know, against Clemson. I think even Auburn, you know, Florida A&M is just going to embarrass them. Um, but, you know, I think he's the right guy. Like he said, I think he's going to build a good program down there and make him relevant again. Another underrated fan base. Uh, we talk about Tennessee and how crazy they get for football. Is, you know, South Carolina is pretty similar. They've had an 80,000-seat stadium forever, and they fill it up. Uh, it's a big deal. And uh, they've been kind of in the same boat. They kind of put their eggs in the wool must champ basket, and that did not work out very well. Um, yeah, I, I actually see two trap games on here um, where they could be favored and it could be dicey. I think at East Carolina, you know, East Carolina gets up when your name has Carolina in it. And, uh, you know, they went on the road and should have beat Tulsa last year. I think they still have Holton Ayers there. That could definitely be a game where uh, South Carolina – it's either even or you're laying a little. Two and a half, like minus two and a half East uh, South Carolina there, Jason. Yeah, I like the. I would like the Pirates in that one. I would think that's that's a little money line play there. And then I think Troy. I know Troy's not in the same position that they've been in, but you know, coming off of Kentucky, that that'll be like two straight AC, SEC games, and then you have that kind of uh, mid major in the mix there. You know, that that's more points game. I don't think that's going to be a loss, but. That'll be dicey. And then, minus yeah, three this, there, Jason, minus three. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's just a red flag right there when you're only laying three to Troy at home. Uh, so that's another game I have circled as a trap game for them. Um, yeah, I, I think it could be pretty rough in uh, Columbia this year. Um, the, the schedule does not do them any favors. And, you know, they get some of the teams they probably could beat early, late, like Auburn will probably be in a good position by then. Um, and Clemson will be Clemson. So, uh, yeah, I, I got maybe three to four wins here. I think so. I, I think that's an under. I probably would look in that way. I won't, I won't give you much of an argument or too much more here, but um, this is where Joe Kane, this, you're talking about a great fan base. Joe Kane and the program was filmed at their stadium. So, yeah, they packed it in for all you old heads out there who does know the program movie. But yeah, they're absolute ceiling to me. I mean, this is – as good as it's going to get, in my opinion, is six wins. I would lean five wins. But like you guys noted, we don't know that much about East Carolina. They have to go to Tennessee, which potentially could be a win. I would say that their their floor is three. Their average is probably going to be four. If they get the five, is a good season for first-year coach in the SEC. 
Six is a great season. I can't see him going anywhere near that. This would be a stay away from me. But I also think last year they only covered two point spreads out of their 10 games. So, I mean, this is not – this is great from a betting perspective. If you see numbers similar to last year, I'm going to keep an eye on that and see how they pan out. Yeah, I am at three and seven against the number. And uh, just – Terrible as a home dog, terrible as a road favorite, terrible as a road dog. So, yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going to – that's something to keep an eye on, though. Hey, every – every uh, a win's a win, in my opinion. They gave up 700 yards that we'll miss last year. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of agree with you, boys. I – you know, I like the running back. Recruiting wasn't bad. You know, Steve was a little higher pumped up about the recruiting than I kind of was what I've been diving into did bring in some transfers to try to help out there. I had them between three and four wins. So again, four would get the push. I believe I would lean more, maybe three. I, I just, again, if they can go above that, like Matt said, and get into five or six. I think it's great. I agree. I think it's a great hire. I think it's going to turn around. I just don't think it's going to be this season. All right. Let's move on to the final SEC East <laughs> member, <Yeah>. Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you, boys, right now, I shit the bet on this. I really don't have any stats or anything other than they suck. Over-unders, three and a half. I'm the under. <laughs> um, so who's, they their lost. who's their kicker this year? <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I got it. He I got transferred it. to North Texas. So oh, okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, family members, if they, listen to, if they come back and listen to the show, they probably just canceled us again. But oh, well. uh, Vandy's going to send us a cease and desist, like the big. <laughs> um. I don't, you know, I even had to look it up. I don't even know who this guy is. So they lose Derek Mason. They have Clark Lay as their coach. Somebody, anybody, can you tell me where he came from? Um, he Notre has Dame. no prior head coaching experience. Oh, so I got it right here. Fresh off. Notre Dame. Yep. Defensive coordinator, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. I already hate him because I can't stand Brian Kelly. Ooh. Can't wait to send you some Notre Dame gear. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. Um, hey, Look. you know what? I'll chime in real quick. Um, this is a bad, bad team. 0-9 last year. It, their, their actual cupcakes on their schedule this year is only East Tennessee State and Connecticut. And if you think they win those easy, you're probably in for a shock. It, you know what? Give them, give them two wins for shits and giggles. I have, right. I have them, you know, I'm not going to go far into this. Again, quarterback did set some Vandy freshman passing records. Uh, the running back is a transfer out of Temple. I believe that's pretty good. We'll be the, we'll get a lot of carries. Again, uh, must-watch television is UConn and Vandy playing football. I mean, let's get, let's get into Ooh. that. That's going to be just a great game. College um, game. <laughs> I, I have them two to three wins. So, again, two would be probably I'd do under. I think it's an under team. So, who is that third win? Because the over-under I saw was three, and I'm looking at it right now, and you can find the two really easy, but the third one's really – it's, it's almost like they're going to get someone. 
Well, they, uh, so let me real quick. I'm going through. So East Tennessee State minus 21 and a half at Colorado State plus two, which Moss. I'm which I'm shocked. That's only plus two. I mean, really. So what's up with the Rams? Let me take a look at that. <laughs> yeah. Stanford's plus six and a half. I'm shocked. Stanford's only plus six and a half. Oh, looking then Georgia. They are fake. Listen to this. I'm already. Give me a UConn T-shirt for that one. They're minus. Now I'm looking off this one again. This might change. Connecticut minus nineteen. Yeah, U- UConn's bad. I they, I know they're bad. But man, Vandy's 19 point favorites in that. Oh man. Guess what? I'm already saying teaser king coming out in that one. I can't wait. Florida plus 27 and a half. South Carolina plus 10. Mississippi State plus 12. Missouri plus 12. Kentucky plus 12 and a half. Old Miss plus 20. At Tennessee plus 14 and a half. Maybe, maybe it's Tennessee. Maybe they shock them in the uh the rivalry game. Uh they might cover Mississippi State. Apparently, they had some success against last year. They held them 204 yards somehow. So maybe they cover that game. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I guess is the is it? They have 17 returning starters. Is that good news or bad? <laughs> if you're 0 and 9, I'd say it's bad. Can I just can I say this to the Vandy fans? Get ready for baseball season. Yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's even tough there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I do think this is a pretty bad football team, and uh, there's a lot of work to do. I don't know if you heard the head coach stripped their numbers, which is the first time I've ever heard that. So they're practicing without numbers on their jerseys right now. They need to earn their numbers, which must really work well for film sessions. Um, so I don't. I mean, he's going to take that tack with them. I think that's really weird for a program like that because I mean, Vandy's kind of a smart kid school. Uh, I don't see them buying into the hard ass uh, mentality. I know the guy was a. It says here he's a former walk on fullback, so you know he's probably half psychotic. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. He brought in some NFL guys to work on the offense and the defense. You know, like you said, the quarterback's decent. He had a decent year last year, considering everything around him. Um, decent recruit too. I mean, like 46th in his class, according to Phil Steele. They returned. Basically, their offensive line and wide receivers. Maybe it's a surprise team here. I don't know. It sure doesn't look like it. Um, but, yeah, I think that three is interesting because I want to know who they're going to get because that's probably going to blow one of our other predictions. Um, and that's really about it. Uh, you know, with these – you know, taking a look at spreads last year and stuff, this is probably one of those teams late in the year you kind of look at because they're probably going to be getting far too many points. Uh, especially as teams get banged up and you might be able to get some uh, spread wins there, but that's really about it with Vandy and teasers as Smitty mentioned earlier. Smitty for your big uh, Vandy UConn game, quick stat, Vandy's two and one all time against UConn. They've actually played recently, but the home team is three and oh, so you pound Vandy in your teaser, bump it up. (laughs) Money line, money line play, money line play. Good Lord. All right, boys. We just covered the SEC East. We just had a great guest on Steve Tannehill joining the show. That's all for this. We'll uh, we'll pump out another show um, very soon with the SEC West. You know, we were going to hit all the Power Five as well. I don't, you know, this might be the last year for the Big 12. So um, next year we might only be covering four conferences. You never no. know. But- no, they said 2025. Well, there's reports that it's uh, 
it could go next year. It could fully be absorbed because the American wants to absorb uh, the remaining eight teams. And they already said uh, through multiple sources, Oklahoma and Texas have paired up and they have the money to buy out upwards of $75 million to Big 12 to be done with it. I'm all for it. Yep. All right, boys, that's all I have for this. Like I said, we'll get you to SEC West um, in the next couple days and get you the best information out there so you can bang your bookies all college football season. Just remember, some people build a ship and put it in a bottle. We look in a notebook and we find winners. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.